On this episode, Lauren Salon teaches us ways to grow your business using PR. First, we break down what is PR and how it's different than advertising and other marketing, how you can 10x your visibility without using paid ads, as well as reasons to not hire a PR firm. And if you plan to hire, setting expectations for when you're working with that PR firm. Next, we dive into some common mistakes fit pros make with their PR. And as always, stay tuned at the end for your tip on building your wealth muscle. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome to Building Your Wealth Muscle, a podcast about building and protecting wealth for online health and fitness coaches. Each episode, we're going to break down different topics in the areas of business, finance, and tax, and how they pertain to your coaching business. Disclaimer. The topics covered in this podcast are for educational purposes only. This is not advice for your specific situation. Please consult a qualified financial or tax professional before making changes to your financial or tax situation. Now, here's your host, certified financial planner, Pat Darby. Today, we're joined by Lauren Salon. Welcome to Building Your Wealth Muscle. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. Well, it should be good because I know the subject of marketing, PR, is. I think that's obscure to a lot of people. So at least I know it is to me. So I'm glad we get a chance to dive deep and, and help people out. Um, so if you could tell listeners yeah. a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. I'll give my uh, quick, quick version of my story, my entrepreneurial journey. So... I have been, I, my, the bulk of my career has been in PR, marketing, advertising, that whole world. And I left the last PR agency I was at back in 2014, actually, which now feels like a hundred years ago at this point. And I left, it, it was a healthcare PR firm um, that specialized in working with hospitals, healthcare systems, and I did crisis PR with them. So like when shit hit the fan, um, excuse the language, and also wait for, for future. I'm all good with, with the mouth. Okay, great. <laughs> like, uh-oh. <laughs> no problem. Um, so when things didn't exactly go according to plan, our agency got pulled in to help, like, fix everything, right? With, like, you know, PR campaigns, media, grassroots stuff, all of that. Very, I felt like we were doing really important work. I learned a lot. It was challenging. I advanced very fast. And at the end of the day was not the kind of work that I was passionate about, that I enjoyed, anything like that. And I was where I was at that agency for about four years and I got insanely burnt out. I was working like 60 to 80 hours a week. And as you can imagine, the content of that work was wildly stressful. Like and we were growing really, really fast. When I started, I was the seventh employee. By the time I left four years later, we had two offices and about 35 employees. So grew very fast as well. So like workload, content of the work, managing growth, that like that fast of growth, it was just like all like, a lot of chaos. Um, it was and all crisis management. So like that was... We, that was the bulk of the work that we did. And wow. um, there was some like ongoing stuff that was like a more like steady pace, but I was on a crisis team. And so, and we had, so we were doing a really great job and had tons of clients. So, but then the, every single one of your clients is like, help save our hospital. We're in an emergency, you know? And you're like, yeah, but I need to like sleep sometimes. Maybe not. It's okay. Um, and so, so yeah, so I left. So that without exactly like knowing what the next thing would be, but for two key reasons, so that I could do work that I was more lit up by that was more fulfilling to me that I was more passionate about because at the end of the day, I was not really all that excited working on hospital um, strategic communication plans um, and and like learning about like the Affordable Care Act and things like that. Um, and I also like the, the biggest thing or not the biggest thing, cause they're both really important, but I also wanted to have more freedom and flexibility in my life and feel like I was like my work fit around my life and not the other way around. And so I left not exactly knowing what the next thing would be, but went right into doing some consulting work. So PR, social media, brand consulting, and built that business up to match my income pretty quickly. And 
while I was doing that as well, got back into fitness for myself. So I, I've been a lifelong athlete. I was a really competitive soccer player for a long time. And at that last agency, like the, my last year there, I was, I was super burnt out, like anxiety attacks, like once a week, like in the office bathroom, sort of, sort of vibe, like not leaving, not eating your, your lunch at your desk sort of thing. And so I needed to prioritize my health, my mental health, all of that. And there were times when I wouldn't, I would go like two weeks without breaking a sweat, without getting a workout in. And for me, like, yes, I love pushing my body, all of that, but also it's such a mental health thing for me as well. And so I, yeah, so I left so that I could have more, like put myself first more, you know? And, and so as I'm building my consulting business, I ended up uh, accidentally starting a fitness business as well. I was I got back into a, a regular fitness routine for myself, like going to the gym regularly. I'm a very natural sharer, so I'm like sharing, documenting, and sharing my journey and everything like that. And started having a lot of people ask me, like, "Oh, what are you doing? How do you? What are you drinking? What is? What do you eat? Well, like all this kind of stuff." And was like, "Wait a second, why am I? I should like do something <laughs> with this, right?" And so I actually at that time partnered with a network marketing company that I really loved, had a great experience there, built a business with that company. And then that evolved and I continued to do my PR and marketing, but that fitness business, health and wellness business evolved into online coaching, fitness modeling, um, being a fitness spokesperson, um, personal trainer, like celebrity trainer, like all the things. Um, and it wasn't until honestly, until COVID hit that I stopped all the fitness stuff. Cause, cause like 2019, I was getting ready to, to do fitness just for me and no longer do it as a business. Um, and I had worked with a lot of, um, health and wellness professionals, like on the PR side of things. And so, yeah, once, um, it was fall of 2019, I had decided like, okay, you know what, I'm going to go back. I'm going to make PR the main thing. I'm going to like double down and really scale that business and all this, all that kind of stuff. And, and then I was also like, yeah, but I love all my clients (laughs) and I love and like all this. Right. And I had uh, started doing a few days at a gym here in LA just because I wanted to get out of the house as well and not be like only like through online stuff. Sure. And so then once everything happened in 2020, gyms are closed, like all this kind of stuff. I was like, well, I was dragging my feet with like phasing out fitness stuff there. It happened for me. All right. (laughs) And so, so since then, and over the last like almost full full two years now, um, have been mainly doing, you know, I 2020, 2021 did, uh, I guess we're still technically in 2021, right? (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) Um, really, like jumped both feet in like 110% into my fitness business, um, built a, or sorry, my PR and visibility business and um, built like an online PR program called the PR Accelerator for early stage entrepreneurs to support younger, like earlier entrepreneurs and scaling and getting more visibility, full agency services. Um, and then in the last six months, so we're at the very end of 2021 now, in the last six months have um, expanded a bit more into women's business coaching, women's mentorship, like the, the energetics and like the inner work stuff that allows you to then like show up more fully in your life and business. So that is my, there we are the cliff notes. That's, that's really interesting journey. So you were doing included in your online journey last year, you were doing in-person training as well. Um, not in 2020, but in, I, I call it my gap, my gap year, 2019. So 2019, I wasn't feeling excited. So 2019, I was dealing with depression. I was dealing with issues in my marriage at the time. Um, and I wasn't feeling excited about my business. I wasn't inspired. I was pivoting in my PR business and just like reimagining that and was also not excited about it. And I had been doing a lot of fitness stuff. So online coaching, um, whether group programs, one-on-one, I was competing and stuff. And so I took kind of 2019, like a year off from my PR business as the main thing. I still had projects and stuff going on, but 
wasn't really focusing all my energy there and plugged in at a gym and had a, you know, became a top trainer there and everything and had a, a full clientele and really loved that. And it was exactly what I needed for that year. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So let's, so let's dive into, I guess, what you're doing now in terms of like the business model. And um, the one question I have, and I don't know if the listeners have the same confusion, if you could explain like what PR is and how that's different than yeah. marketing and like which comes first, like yeah. all the, all the basics. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. So I, I made this little graphic, like the, the concept is not necessarily my own, but I put like a COVID twist on it, I guess, if you will. And, um, at like early 2020 when everything was, if you remember when there was a toilet paper shortage <laughs> of all things, like, right. What, like, what are we doing? Um, so if we think of marketing is basically the umbrella under which advertising, branding, PR, all fall. So marketing would be essentially you telling your customer what you have, right? Like, Hey, I've got toilet paper, right? Like if you're my, if you're my potential client or customer, I've got toilet paper. There we go. Right. It's just telling, like putting your message, your product, your service, whatever in front of your client customer. Advertising is going to be much more obvious if you will like hey yo over here i've got toilet paper i've got really amazing toilet paper like right you can tell when something's an ad like it has a different a different energy a different vibe often you know hopefully it, like it shouldn't if it's done really well but advertising going to be much more in your face but same thing you telling your potential clients and customers yo i've got toilet paper over here the best toilet paper right and then branding is much more of a knowingness or like a feeling about something. So in branding, it would be more like the client or customer coming up to you and being like, I understand that you have toilet paper. Like, would you tell me about it? Right? Like same idea of like iPhones, right? If somebody's like, Oh, I'm getting an iPhone because it's the best phone. Okay. It may not be, but because they've done such a great job of their brand, like with their branding, you get that sense of like, oh, well, iPhone, that's, that's the best. Like that's the vibe, the energy, right? So, so a client customer is going to have that like knowingness around the product. Whereas PR, the difference with PR for all of those things is you've got another character in the mix. Instead of you telling your client or customer like, yo, I've got the toilet paper, whatever, somebody else, a third party person or third party outlet is telling your clients, potential clients and customers, Hey, she's got really great toilet paper over there. Like, Hey, I heard that. Like I, I got some of her toilet paper. You should go check her out. So you've got another person, a third party speaking to your clients and customers on your behalf. And so if we break that down, like right now in this situation, like this, this interview together, I, your audience doesn't know me, right? Like I am a stranger. I am a new person. And yes, me talking right now, them here, like hearing me, like I am involved in this equation, but you are the third party factor. So by you having me on your show, that gives me a automatic layer of trust and credibility, right? That your audience is going to feel, see, understand, whatever, because they're like, you know what, like Pat doesn't have like shitty people on the show. Like this is going to be somebody that we should listen to. And not that that is going to like that, like gets in the door, right? Like that right. gets gets it in the door. And then it's my job to make sure I deliver and provide value and everything. But just because you have built trust, authority, credibility with your audience, I get to tap into some of that and I get to borrow that just by being a guest on the show. And that's the power of PR is it leverages third party outlets. It leverages an external source or person, right? Whether that's a podcast interview, an online publication, right? Like getting featured in Forbes. Forbes is that third party source. The The author of that article is that third party source. And by you being in Forbes, like that gives a ton of credibility and authority to you because it's Forbes, right? So PR creates a lot of leverage and 
it's where it differs from, you know, marketing is, is basically the umbrella, but where it differs from all the other things, it's other people telling your potential clients and customers how amazing you are. So what is the difference between the PR and an advertisement with a spokesperson? So advertising with a so it's like a, a mashup, if you will. Okay. So if you've got a spokesperson, like that's basically a PR thing. So like okay. I, back in the day, I was a, a spokesperson for Got Milk for a little while. Oh, wow. And, or just for like a few events. <laughs> and cool. I worked with their, with their PR team for that. Okay. So when yeah, you so hire like, I get, like a celebrity for a commercial or ad or whatever, you're sort like, of blending yes, those so two worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Because okay. you're, you're, it's an ad. Yes. But it's still leveraging somebody else's authority, credibility, all of that. Perfect. So it's, it's like a, yeah, like a mashup. So then if you're a young fitness coach or even a developed one and you're trying to piece this together, does PR come? It's part of the marketing system. You said that's the umbrella. So how should they think about when to consider getting into the PR game versus maybe something else in the marketing toolbox? Yeah, really good question. So your PR marketing visibility strategy, like that should be something that you think about from day one, because if people don't know who you are and what you do, they're not going to be able to hire you and give you money. And then you're not going to have a business. Right. Um, and so the thing is like so many people, and you kind of mentioned this in the beginning, so many people like don't know what PR is and think that it's something that, Oh, well, I can't do PR until I, make a million dollars or until I have been in business five years or until, and these are just random numbers I'm throwing out, but, sure. um, or until like I have a team or until, or when people start reaching out to me, then I'll know that I'm ready for PR, right? Like there's all these imaginary milestones or barriers people think that they need to cross before they're quote unquote allowed to do PR, which is not the case. So when you think about when you're getting in front of your audience, whether through PR or like content, so visibility or content, like you want to have a content strategy and a visibility strategy. And so content is going to be the stuff that you create for your existing audience, right? To keep people loyal, engaged, liking you, wanting to come back and buy from you, all of that kind of stuff. Visibility, which is in the PR side of things, Visibility is about getting in front of new audiences. So PR is about getting in front of new client, potential okay. clients and customers, right? And so you can't just be talking to the people that are already in your world, in your community, even if they're not all clients, right? Like you still want to talk to the people that are in your current audience, but you must also be stepping in front of new audiences, whether virtually or in person. And so if you're just starting out, like, yeah, it doesn't always make sense to hire somebody to do it for you. Of course not. Right. Um, but if you're just starting out, like remembering that PR is all about leveraging third party sources, third party outlets for visibility. Okay. Ways that you can do that when you're just starting out testimonials, like case studies, those are, that's PR, that's social proof. So your clients, right? Getting a testimonial from a client saying how amazing it is to work with you, putting that on your website, that's somebody else speaking about how awesome you are. So everyone should be able to do that, right? And and so letting other people speak for your results and what it's like to work with you. So client testimonials, client results, that's, that's essentially a form of social proof and a form of PR. Um, doing... IG live collabs with people, right? Like, um, that's a gr easy way to get more visibility to get in front of a new audience, um, going on a podcast tour. So getting on a bunch of podcasts and sharing your story, talking about how you help people, um, thinking of things like, yeah, like pitching to like magazines and publications and like TV and stuff like that. Yes, that's amazing. And one, not necessary. And you also like when you're just starting out too, you don't have to do every single thing, right? Yeah. Like what, what are your strengths? Do you love 
talking and sharing your story, go for podcasts. Do you know a lot of people with big audiences on social media? Do some Instagram live collabs, right? Like, and so thinking about like, what are, what are your strengths? What would be easy and go in that direction? Cause you're more likely to be consistent with it. And then you can add more things as you go. And, you know, at, I mean, I have a program where I teach entrepreneurs how to do their own PR, like at, at certain points, like obviously people hire me to do it for them. If they're like, you know what, like, that's cool. I don't really want to learn how to do it myself. I've got the budget for it. Great. Do it for me. You know? Um, and like, there's so much that you can do on your own too. Well, that's, that's exactly one of the things we wanted to talk about. You have a system in place that I think you said you, you teach your clients how to 10 X their visibility without using paid ads. Can you tell us, yeah. can you tell us more about that? I've, I've never used paid ads myself. Like wow. we've had clients that we like help support with ad campaigns and stuff like that. But like, I never, I never really do ads <laughs> or anything. Um, so yeah, so I, you need to know, so a few things you need to know what your niche is, right? Like what piece of the market, the industry, your industry are, are you like, do you fit into who is your ideal client? Obviously, what is your offer, right? What are you selling? What's your product? What's your service? You need to be able to like take people's money and, and people need to be able to work with you. And then figuring out what, get, getting your story down. So your journey, your story, and making sure that ties into what you do. And then also knowing what your core messages are, right? Core messages that tie into the service or the product that you provide. And then it's, I mean, I mean, it's more than like a, a short answer, but as far as, yeah, like really massively up leveling your visibility without ads based on those core messages, whatever those core messages are and, and your core messages should have some story like anecdotes from your own experience to support them whatever those core messages are coming up with a pitch for each and you can create like a pitch template. Like, okay, here's my, my pitch that I'm going to email out or I'm going to send via Instagram direct message, whatever your pitch template is, and then customize that for each story angle. So there, there you go. You've got those, those like pitch templates ready. And of course, like anytime you pitch, you want to make sure it's customized and specific for whoever you're pitching to. Um, right. Like we don't do the copy paste, send to a bunch of people or send the exact same one, make sure it's, and, and the thing is you don't have to customize like every word for somebody, right. There can be a few senses that are the like highlighted ones to customize. And then it, it gives that personal touch. Um, you want to look at, you know, think of, okay, who's my ideal client? What sort of podcasts are they listening to? What sort of um, blogs are they reading online publications? Like what are they watching on TV? And then make a list of those outlets, right? What are the podcasts? What are the publications? And that's going to be where you pitch, right? Like who are they following? Okay. Then maybe I'll want to do a collab with this person or something. And then you send those pitches out to, to that list. And the pitches, like I said, each time you send a pitch, it should be sent to one person and it should be customized for them even just slightly of course um and and then following up so um don't be afraid to follow up if you don't hear anything back and and the key thing with sending effective pitches is to make sure you're adding value to someone else's life right like that's that's the whole and that's what makes it really easy to land opportunities for yourself is to put yourself in the other person's shoes, right? Like, okay, what does, so this, this journalist at this publication, like, what does their audience like to hear? Like, what do their readers want to know? Look up articles this person's written before. Like, what sort of angles, what sort of tone do they take? What perspectives on things that you're an expert at are they, are they taking, you know? And then customize it for that person and make sure you add a ton of value. Like, Hey, based on that article you posted last month talking about X, Y, Z, like, I think we could have a really fascinating conversation around ABCD, you know, or have you thought about taking it from this angle or like, you know, I want to like 
would you be down to play devil's advocate with like, you know, I actually, you wrote about this and I, I thought you had great points, but I would love to provide a different perspective. Would you be open to interviewing me? Like, I think that would be valuable for your audience because X, Y, Z. So if you're, if you're listening to this and saying, oh, that sounds awesome. Do you have a general guideline on like how many people should be sending per day, um, per week or whatever it is? Is there a law of numbers that you're like, this is probably how much effort you should be putting in per? Uh, you know, I should have something like this. I don't like <laughs> being the analytics person. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> um, I honestly do it. I, I would say look at the amount of time that you have. If you're like, I've got 30 minutes a day to work on my proactive, like pitching PR stuff, then great. In 30 minutes, you can craft like, if you've got a pitch template to work with, you can craft in 30 minutes, three to five pitches. There okay. you go. In 30 minutes, you can look up 20 different podcasts and like find some email addresses, right? You can customize a handful of pitches in 30 minutes. You can do a lot of follow-up and check-in stuff in 30 minutes. So it's really, I would say like, it depends on the amount of time that you have and a strategy that I like to use when it comes to pitching is like separate your list into like, you know, easy will definitely say yes. So like friends who have social media or whatever, or friends who have podcasts, you're like, oh, they'll absolutely have me on. And then you've got the, ah, oh, might be a little bit more of a stretch, might like, you know, might need a little bit of follow up sort of thing. And then the like, oh, these are the dream ones, right? Or this is going to be a stretch. So I'm playing the long game. So like low hanging fruit requires a little bit more effort and then long game approach. And you want to like, yeah, hit that low hanging fruit. So you get some out of the way and coming through and then you, you know, add more low hanging fruit, the middle area, you might need some more follow up. Those will move at a steady pace. The long game ones, send that pitch. You may hear nothing back. Keep engaging with them. Follow up once a month. You do something really impressive. Follow up with an email. Hey, you know, I, we haven't had a chance to connect yet, but I was published in this magazine or on this podcast. Just want to let you know, looking forward to connecting sometime. That's good. I think that's helpful for, especially for the people listening that might be like, this sounds complicated. So I feel like that makes it a lot more digestible in like a 30 minute. Um, yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to go over, you have a contrarian view, which is nice. The reasons not to hire a PR agency. Yeah. Um, well, it isn't cheap, <laughs> I will say. I think. Uh, I have a mini package right now, but it's $2,000 a month. And even that, like, I'm like, part of me, it might like even eliminate that. But typically, it's about $5,000 a month to work with, well, to work with me and my team. And so you need budget for that, right? Sure. Like, if you're making $10,000 a month, like, it's not a smart business move to hire somebody for $5,000 a month, right? We're kind of regardless of what the hell they're doing for you. Um, so it's not cheap. Sure. And a lot of PR agents, which, which is fine. Like I'm very happy with what I charge in my business and I own it and we deliver and all of that. So I have like no, no shame around what I charge. And like, it's, it's an investment for sure. Um, a lot of PR agencies will, promise big things. And then you get locked into like a monthly retainer of like, Oh, you know, five grand a month. And like, wait, what exactly do I get with it? And, and so one of the things that we in my business changed in the last um, couple of year or year really is shifting to more deliverable deliverables based model. So rather than a monthly retainer, like it's like, here's what we will deliver for you in 90 days. And we may do it in 60. We may need the full 90. Right. And it's, and um, and so making sure like there are really tangible deliverables, um, so that the client has solid expectations. Um, and also because like you can learn to do a lot of these things yourself and yes, I'm going to like shoot my own horn with my PR accelerator program that I created, right? Like you get in that program, I'm, I'm not running it live in January. I normally do at the start of the year, but not this year, but 
that program, when I run it live, the, the, um, regular option is $5,000 and it's a four month program and you get a number of PR activities done for you, like pitching done for you. That's an insane deal. There is so much value in that. And so not only like in that program, do, do I teach people how to do their own PR, but also like do a bunch of the work for them. But my point is you can learn how to do so many of these things, right? Like PR seems so daunting and foreign and like exclusive and all of that, but it, it's not right. It's about leverage and a lot about leveraging relationships, building relationships. And so it's something that you can learn how to do and do on your own or have a virtual assistant help you with it. And not that you should just like, you know, have some random intern doing it. Right. Cause it's important to like, to do it in an effective way and make sure you're you, like making the most of your time and your energy and your money and all of that. But like I said, like if you have, you know, 30 minutes a day that, or like five hours a week or something that you can put into doing this yourself, like, yeah, just start reaching out. You'll, you'll you know, pitch yourself, tell more people your story, get on their podcast, do collaborations, all of that. That's, that's extremely helpful. So for those listening that are like, okay, I'm ready to hire, but you highlighted something that I think is helpful, the patience of it. So it's not cheap. Mm-hmm. So like, all right, I budgeted yeah. for it. What's a good time frame that they should say, all right, because obviously probably doesn't start to see the dollars drop back into their account the next day. So what's like a fair time frame so they oh. come in ready with expectations? Yeah, really good question. Because yeah, because PR is a more long game approach. It's about building credibility, authority, visibility, awareness. And so while yes, like I've had my clients have had many times where it's like, oh, these people like applied to my program because they heard me on a podcast interview. These people applied because they saw me in Wall Street Journal or whatever it was, or I got this opportunity because they read this article. Like we, there are a lot of things where we can see the direct result and PR is hard to measure. So it's, yeah, because like, you know, we, we had a client, a a big juicy feature in wall street journal for one of our clients that went viral, like insanely viral, like once in a career type of viral and got picked up by hundreds of different publications. And so we couldn't like, we couldn't even capture everything, every place that it got picked up. But, and so there was no way for us to exactly say like, oh, this resulted in da, 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 right? But like, okay, the month that that went out or the week that that went out, let's look at website traffic. Let's look at email list growth or like follower growth and stuff like that. And while we can't exactly like measure the exact conversion, right? You can, you can understand like the momentum that it brings. Um, But to answer your question, typically I would say like, PR results, you see around the 90 day mark. Okay. Right. Like, yes, there are things that you can see within a couple weeks. Right. But around the, like, you know, one, it sometimes will take like, you know, your first month, you're prepping your pitches, you're sending messages out, you're doing a lot of follow-up. You might not get a lot of bites. Sure. You know, you might get some, but you may not get a lot. And then you start getting a bunch coming in. And so that the work you're doing starts to snowball and then it gets easier and easier. So I would say like when it comes to PR and visibility, like giving yourself a solid 90 days to see results, whether it's you doing it yourself or having somebody else do it for you. Okay. No, that's, I think that's really helpful because yeah. so someone's like, they shouldn't look at it as $5,000 in their budget it should be in that scenario, at least 15,000 because like you have to hang on for 90, 120 days because otherwise it's just a waste of money, I guess, and their time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, yeah, like I said, I, I have a mini package right now. That's just like a little, little PR taste, if you will. And it's, it's like right at the $5,000 mark. And I, I think it's a great option because some people want a really like a, the, a lower priced option. And like, it's, it's just a handful of media placements. So you're not going to see like, yes, if you want to just have a few that you throw onto your website, like as seen in that sort of thing. Great. Go for the the smaller thing, but to really like make a 
um, that snowball effect or to get some good visibility and good traction, like you need to be um, getting more, you know, more opportunities secured. Do most firms, so if someone's out there looking to hire, do you guys help with the rest of their marketing process or you guys are a specialist in the marketing system so that someone else needs to be like, okay, this mm. is exactly where Lauren fits in this spectrum, but then this person does something else or do you coordinate yeah. with that person? Such a great question. So we, I used to do social media strategy and like more marketing and, and I can very effectively like draw up a marketing plan for somebody, but as far as like me and my team, we are just focused on the PR side of things these days. So PR and influencer marketing. So we'll do influence, we'll help facilitate influencer partnerships and that kind of stuff, influencer campaigns where you get influencers to post about your stuff. Um, but, but yeah, but we really specialize in securing online publications, TV, print, podcasts, and influencer partnerships. Perfect. So then, what are so people that are doing it themselves, or what are some of the common mistakes you're seeing people make with their if they DIY their PR? Um, I mean, a lot of the time it's that like not personalizing, um, yeah, not personalizing pitches. So like if I get pitched and they don't use my name, I automatically delete it. Or if Me they too. spell my name wrong, it's not hard. Like my email address has my actual name in it. So if you couldn't write my name, like you're, you are not worth my time in any way. Um, like very, very direct. So when things aren't personalized or it's so clearly a copy paste pitch and they didn't take a second to see who they're pitching, right? Like, yeah. like those spam. And this is like such a, uh, like it drives me crazy, but the, like, do you want to get featured in like, you know, you get the DMS and it's like spam robots these days too. That's like, do you want to be featured in bop, 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 right? All this stuff. Like, did you know that PR? And I'm like, I know you didn't look into anything about who I am because you would have seen that I do this shit <laughs> like, and I've been featured in those places, right? Like that kind of thing. I'm like, sure. uh, right. So not taking the time to do a little bit of research. Like that's the biggest thing. And that'll get you, that'll get you deleted. And if you're doing that to journalists, like they may just block your email address. So you like, you know, burn that without even replying, like, right. Like they don't have time for that kind of bowl. Um, so not doing a little bit of research, not customizing your emails, your pitches, not adding value for other people. Right. So like making it all about you and like how amazing you are instead of being like, Oh, Hey, what would benefit your audience most? Great. Like then I want to talk about da, 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 da sort of thing. So not, adding value, um, people feeling like they need to like make everything perfect and like, Oh, well, my story's not ready. I need to practice it a hundred more times. Like, no, just go do it, like share it. Right. So people like getting in their own way with perfectionism. Um, a lot of people get, are worried that like their audience isn't big enough or they don't haven't been in business long enough, or they haven't had enough awards or like accolades or hit certain revenue marks and stuff like that. And none of that, like if you have a good story to tell and you can add value, whether it's like about stuff going on in the world, like a certain, uh, like, you know, with, with people on an individual level, like if you can add value, like get out there and share your story, you know, like, you don't have to be the most expert at whatever it is that you do. That's that's really helpful. I know like for me, yeah. I don't know much about the the marketing PR side, but if someone addresses an email to me using my Instagram handle, I'm like delete. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. like obviously you took no time. Get out of here, robot. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, and other things too cuz this happens a lot is those like pay to play uh, like get all these logos for your website sort of thing. And it's like $250 and I'm like, okay. So on the one hand, like, sure, you'll get quote unquote featured in that outlet. And so you can put the logo on your website, but if anyone actually looks at what those articles are, they're basically just press releases that get put on those websites in like the press release, like paid ad space, you know, they're not, so if somebody were to look at those, so like that, that I would say is a, a no, no, like it's like a, a quick bandaid approach. And sure. If you want to just do that to get those like logos on your website, okay, whatever. Right. 
but there is value in actually having well-written articles that are earned. So one of the the things too, that the difference with PR versus advertising, advertising is paid media. So if you're doing that pay to play, like, oh, you'll get featured in these top publications and you can get the logos on your website. Like that's basically, you're paying for advertising, but they're saying it's PR. Um, Whereas PR being earned, you earn it through relationships. You earn it through the value that you can provide through your story, your expertise, your experience, whatever it is. And so if someone actually reads those articles, like that's going to anchor in your value even more. If it's an actual well-written article about what you do or you're featured in a, in an article, right? Yeah. And so it's really easy to, cause I've sometimes like, even people are like, oh, Yahoo named me. And we've gotten clients featured in Yahoo many times with awesome articles, but there's also really like there, I've seen this a ton is like, oh, the top 20 coaches to look out for in 2021. You know how many times they've written those articles at Yahoo? So many times because you know how many top 20 coaches, like health and wellness coaches or podcast hosts, like have been featured like way more than 20 (laughs) y'all. And if you read the article, it reads like an advertisement. It reads like it was done in five minutes and it looks fake. And so if like, sure, you may get that logo on your website or get to put it in your IG bio, but if someone actually takes the time to click through, which people are lazy, most don't, if someone actually finds that article or Google's view and like looks for the article that you have the logos on your thing and they, they find what's basically a press release or basically like a paid advertising spot that looks like PR, it's going to look really cheesy and that could actually hurt you more than help you. Now that's really good because I always... I always think about that too because I see so many people featured and stuff and for years I assumed it was like genuine and I started to realize some of it is paid ads and just paid placements. I was like, oh, yep, never mind. Yep. Or like it's like some random publication that it is nothing. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is this? <laughs> you guys, yeah. must, that must drive yep. you crazy because you can actually probably spot it drives it me crazy. Fast. Yeah. Well, it's so obvious and like I've had so many clients be like, oh, should I do this? I'm like, no. I mean, I'm like, if you really want the logo on your site that bad, but this is basically like, it's not a scam-ish, but pretty much, right? Like, it's like a one of those like quick fix. It's like, it, it's basically, since we're a fitness audience, <laughs> it's like that like tummy tea, basically. <laughs> that would be my equivalent. It's like, sure, it might work because you'll get diarrhea for a week and you'll <laughs> lose a few pounds, but it's not really like the most like, High quality, uh, long game approach. <laughs> that's that's a perfect <laughs> analogy. Uh, I want to yeah. I want to pivot to something that I, I know you you and I want to talk about as well. You had used to your advantage. Um, I know we talked about briefly in the beginning. Um, you had some mental health issues that you actually find gratitude for. If you want to yeah. tell us more about that? Absolutely. Um, and, and so this like PR coaching moment, everybody, um, on my pitch page and like my stories and angles of things that I like to talk about, like, it's not always about PR and marketing and visibility. And like, I've, I've stepped into more like women's coaching and stuff like that. So there are a few other things that I talk about that are very directly related to my business, but my, one of my things on my like pitch page and like one of my interview topics or questions is about mental health and why I'm grateful for having experienced depression and anxiety and all of that. And no, that has nothing to do really with my action, my business and what I sell, right? Like on the life coaching things, yes, like there, there are some applications there, but that provides more flavor. Of course, it gives another option aside from just PR and like business coaching, life coaching type of stuff to talk about. And this is often one of my most popular things that people want to talk about on podcasts because it's a very unfiltered, like behind the scenes look at life, at um, being an entrepreneur, all of that. And as a result, because, and I'll, I'll get into actually answering your question in a second, but because like it's something that not many people talk about it and I'm totally comfortable like going there and being vulnerable with, like, I get so many messages from people when I talk about this stuff that then leads to them being in my 
community, in my world, in my audience, and possibly becoming a client, right? So your topics and your stories and your angles don't always have to be directly, directly related to what you sell, though. Make sure you, you know, you sprinkle that in there a little bit, make sure it makes sense, all that. Anyway, so I have dealt with, played with um, anxiety for a long time. Mostly it started in college, um, would have like anxiety attacks, kind of like sophomore year of college. And that continued like, uh, the like anxiety attacks, panic attacks, like went away for the most part. And then dealt with very chronic anxiety, like at that last PR agency that I, I mentioned and would have the panic attacks, anxiety attacks, all of that. And was just so overwhelmed. I was so disconnected from myself from my intuition like I wasn't listening to my gut like my body had been telling me to get the fuck out of that job for over a year and I was like no no right I'm like at that point I was like what 26 or something and I'm like no I'm too, way too like advanced in my career I can't start <laughs> over now right like how ridiculous is that and and so I was ignoring like everything all those like little nudges and pokes and whispers from my intuition being like make a change make a change right you're not happy like get you know all of that until i literally would have to have like a anxiety attack to be like oh something's wrong right like i need to get like run over by a car to like hear the little like thing that has been trying to get my attention for a year you know and so dealt with chronic anxiety anxiety attacks um since college which really became much more chronic um like 2015 to up until 2020 really and ended up being able to really heal that in 2020 of all of all years because I did so much inner work so much healing and I think like one of the beautiful things about um 2020 is that it flipped everything on its head it allowed you to I mean we had more space and time, I think just with things slowing down and shutting down so much to really like examine your life and what's working, what isn't working. And like, I took that opportunity to get into massive alignment. And once I did that, and, and one of those things include involved ending my marriage, um, in 2020, uh, and doing a lot of other changes in my life to get, like I said, get into alignment and then the anxiety went away. And it like, I did therapy, like I've done, you know, the therapy, plant medicine, like so many different things to work on that. And anxiety, like why I was grateful for anxiety. And even now, sometimes like I was with up with my family the last 10 days for the holidays, and felt a bit more anxiety than I am used to having now that I've kind of like, put that behind me, um, still sometimes pops up. But for me now, when it pops up, it is a sign that something is out of alignment, right? Like, okay. okay, what what is not working right now? What do I, am I not following through on something? And so I'm feeling stressed about that. Is that something actually important or am I making it more important? Like, you know, is, did I, like, so it, it signifies, right? To me, anxiety, depression, those are, um, that's our body telling us something's off, right? There's something off, pay attention, pay attention, like look inward, figure it out, right? And in 2019, I dealt with, oh, so actually, 2018, had a bunch of stuff going on in my marriage, in my personal life. And mid 2019, um, my, I like, you know, just, shit kind of imploded in my life and my anxiety went switched into depression. So I had gone from chronic anxiety, the occasional anxiety attack, and then it flipped into depression. And I didn't really realize it was depression until probably six months in. And I, it was, it was really like a year, maybe a year and a half of, of that. And I was a high functioning depressed person. Like this is when I was at the gym working with clients every day, but my energy was zapped. I'd be like, like I could, yeah. So my energy, inspiration, motivation, all of that was pretty zapped. Um, aside from like doing fitness type stuff, working out, right. That was really easy for me. And why I'm grateful for my depression specifically is, I mean, several reasons. Like, like I said, up until that, I used to have to like run a hundred miles into, you know, a hundred miles an hour into a wall 
to get the message, right? Hit rock bottom to get the message instead of like listening to my intuition being like, Hey, like, Hey Lauren, like something's off. Something is off. Can you like fix it now before it turns into a freaking like, you know, like full on situation that takes a year to deal with. Right. And, and so my depression forced me to really slow down. I, up until that point had been quite a workaholic, um, lifelong overachiever and very like, there was never enough time in the day. I could always do more. I was never doing enough. I, my worth was so attached to my accomplishments and, um, you know, how things looked on the outside and everything. And so my depression, the, the same year I was dealing with depression, I was also dealing with piriformis syndrome. So everyone listening in, I was competing a lot, um, doing a lot of fitness stuff and piriformis syndrome, basically sciatica nerve pain on both hips, wow. like hip to hip to ankle, both sides. Anytime I sat down for more than five minutes, I would be in very intense pain, driving, sitting at my desk, all of that. And then also had the depression, which highly limited my uh, desire to do a whole lot of anything, um, except for being connected to my body, working out, all of that. And so I was in this space of like re- vamping my business, readjusting my business, pivoting all of this. And physically I couldn't sit down and be a workaholic or work for more than like four hours. Like sometimes we like, okay, fine. Like I don't, I don't like to take like, uh, like painkillers or like, you know, medication and stuff like that. Like do like very natural as much as possible. And so I'd be like, okay, I'm going to take an Advil or an ibuprofen and then I am going to get as much done in four hours as possible. And then that's plenty. Like mentally I only had energy for like a couple hours of productivity. Physically, my body wouldn't let me sit down for long periods of time either. So it's like, my body is literally telling me, bitch, chill the F out, slow down, like do the inner work, like get it figured out. And then we'll let you like be able to sit and stuff. And so I became such a ninja with my time. And I, I cleared out so much of the extra bull, right? Like, I'm like, is this necessary? No, then why the hell am I doing it, right? Does this move the needle forward? Yes, okay, that gets to stay. Does this? No, that gets to go. So I trimmed the fat so much wow. with how I was spending my time, right? Reprioritized myself, reprioritized my marriage at the time, worked on all that kind of stuff. And I let work be secondary, which I had never I would have never been able to do that if I hadn't, hadn't been forced to do it and forced physically and mentally. And so it gave me, it, it allowed me to look at things with a whole new perspective, put things into perspective differently to focus on the shit that was really important, both in my life and in my business. And then as I continued to step out of that depression and heal my body as well, I'm like, okay, now I can like if I wanted, I could do an eight hour day in front of the computer, but I kept those boundaries, right? Like, okay, if it, if I really, if I can be really effective in four hours, then why am I adding all this extra time? Let's like keep it to four hours, keep it to five hours. So it taught me so much about one, tuning into my body, being connected to my body, like using my body as a barometer for like, are things in alignment? Are things wrong? Do I like, what's going on? Do I need like, checking in first and making sure like I feel a hundred percent. And then also for like being so much more intentional with my time and my energy and not like overloading myself like I used to do in the past so much. Wow. And so that pain resolved itself or you had it? Uh, oh, this is so fun because like, cause like my fitness people listening y'all, um, I, so I was competing at the time and like, like I said, the fitness stuff, like the only thing I felt like I could be really, really consistent on during that phase of my life was my workouts, my meal plan, right? Like, you know, when you feel, so during 2019, my marriage was falling apart. And so I felt like very out of control in a lot of ways. And so sometimes like we get hyper controlling with our fitness stuff, or we're able to very easily throw ourselves into that because it's a way to regain control, right? Sure. And to feel like, oh, it's okay. My life is under control, even though like this feels like chaos, like I can be feel like I'm in control here. And so 
I, the only times when I felt energized and good and present in my body and no anxiety, no stress. And I wasn't feeling like the piriformis syndrome pain. All that was when I was working out. Right. Like, and so I was competing a lot. And so the only times that really the nerve pain and stuff would like calm down would be when I would just like take a couple weeks off, which didn't really work. I was like, no, that's actually not the option because I need to be training, you know? And like, also like, I don't want to, so we're going to have to figure out another solution. And I'm like, so stubborn. <laughs> um, and and so I, like, I was doing all the things, you guys. Like, I was still competing, and I I was doing, at one point, like, I think it was six weeks before a competition, I would get three times a week. Was I going three times a week? I would get acupuncture, cupping, chiropractic adjustment, multiple times a week, a massage, like, once a week for, like, six weeks before one of my um, competitions. Like, I was, like, doing all all the physical things, like I'm like rolling out, I'm activating, I'm getting enough sleep, like all the physical things I could possibly do to fix this freaking sciatic pain. Like, and like I said, it was both, both hips, like hip to ankle and, and nothing. It would like kind of help, but not really. And the thing that made it go away, because as we all know, our body holds emotions, like energy can get trapped in your body, right? Like so much of our, unless you have an acute injury, right? Like a muscle tear, a muscle pull, break your leg or something like that. Like a lot of the time when shit goes wrong in your body, it's, it's a like energy, emotional imbalance issue. Um, and within six weeks, I started to go to therapy, like at the time to work on my marriage. So therapy with a therapist, not physical therapy. Cause I had done that as well started to go to therapy within six weeks of going to therapy. It went away on its own. Wow. It was, so that was again, my body being like, finally chick, we've been trying to get your attention for a year. (laughs) (laughs) What? Wow. Six weeks of therapy. That's amazing. Yep. And never came back. Yep. Sometimes it'll like, I'll get like a little, flare up um like my back has gone out a couple times like i've shit like i've had all the sports injuries i've done three acls i like i hurt my back really bad in high school playing soccer and stuff so like i like there's a lot in like a lot of former injuries in this body um so my back sometimes goes out and like it will often be like yeah maybe sometimes i like did something weird and I felt it getting a little tense and I kept doing whatever workout that was, or I slept weird or something. But a lot of the time, like I take that as a, like, okay, is there something emotionally that I'm avoiding? Is there something I'm stressing about? And that stress is now coming through my body because I'm not listening to it. Um, so every once in a while I'll feel like a little like sciatic stuff going on, but very rarely. And I take that as, yes, there are certain physical things that I will do like QL stretching, like, my adductors and stuff like that, like the, the muscles and things that I know will affect that. Like I make sure I stretch those, like, you know, like hypervolt them or whatever. But then I also do like a major, like emotional, like mental health, like check-in with myself too. And I'm like, okay, what am I avoiding something? Am I not like what, what's going on? Am I feeling out of alignment? Am I stressed? Am I like, is there a conversation I get to have like whatever? And then I, do that. And a lot of the time it's fine. Wow. So it's kind of, for me now, it's like kind of like a, more of like an emotional, like alarm <laughs> or like a mental alarm. That's a, that's a pretty good way to look at it that you like identified that. Cause I actually didn't know that yeah. until probably a year or so ago, how much, um, emotional stress or any type of stress can manifest as like knee pain and elbow pain. And like, I was like, that was foreign to me up yeah. until very recently. So, but now I get yeah. it. <laughs> it's wild, right? It's so cool. <laughs> um, yeah. And like, like for me, I am left-handed. Le- like I write left-handed. I, I mean, when you're a left-handed person, you learn how to be ambidextrous basically. <laughs> like, right. Like I play baseball, right. Like throw with my right hand basketball, right. But like right with my left hand, when I played soccer, I was preferred my left foot, but I was good with both. Um, And if we're thinking about like energy, like masculine energy, feminine energy, 
I used to be so stuck in my masculine energy, which is that competitive achiever, do, 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 do. And there's nothing wrong with the masculine energy, but I was so out of balance. Like I did not trust the feminine energy of like receiving vulnerability, gentleness, like my emotions, like all that. Where I was like, no. So I was so stuck in that masculine energy. Masculine energy is the right side of the body. Hmm. Guess what side? I've had two ACLs on and what side I hurt my back in high school, all on the right side. So, right. So even that I'm like, oh, like my masculine side of the body was also my whole life trying to be like, yo, we are the masculine energy. The masculine side of you is overworked. Give us a break. <laughs> That's interesting. I didn't know that it was, it had like a left and right orientation yeah, there. It's wild. Yeah. Very cool. Um, well, as we reach towards the end here. Um, it's a podcast about building and protecting wealth for fitness entrepreneurs. Uh, what is your personal philosophy on investing and building wealth outside of your business? Yes. Oh, I am. I love investing. I love making my money work for me. I love making money in my sleep. Um, yes. I am a fan of multiple streams of income. And I think that... I mean, shit, like right now I'm, I'm doing construction at my house to, I'm building an Airbnb behind my house. When I'm gone out of my main house, I Airbnb it. Like someone was in my house the last 10 days while I was gone for the holidays. And like, that's really cool. That nearly paid my mortgage. Right. Like, so that's like pretty cool. That's great. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm all about multiple streams of income. And also when you're doing that, right. You want to make sure you like focus on one thing as the main thing, get really good at that, build that up, whatever. You can be doing other things like on the side or whatnot, but trying to do everything with the same energy, the same priority is not going to work, you know? So, so like staying focused, of course, but multiple streams of income, um, making money in your sleep, making your money work for you. I mean, I, I put into my like retirement plan and stuff like that every month. Um, I have a financial planner that helps me like manage all that kind of stuff too. I play in the stock stock market myself based on like companies I like and companies that I, uh, believe will grow all of that. But like, and I know, um, and I don't know, maybe you're going to ask this, but like being able to have multiple, well, multiple ways of making money, but also, um, different price points that people can, can work with you. Right. Like I think for a while, um, even like 2019, 18, 19, 20, even, even some of 2021, it was like, have your one signature offer, your two ways that people can work with you and that's it. And now I think we're seeing a lot more people have like a ton of different offers and it's working really well. Yeah. I like that. Um, so this has been extremely helpful, but that dovetails into the last questions. Yeah, like if someone wants to learn more about you or work with you, what what are the different service models? How can they find you? What's yeah. what do they need to know? Absolutely. So you guys can all find my website is laurensalon.com, which admittedly it needs to be built out more. It is it's just pretty bare bones, but the best place to connect with me directly is Instagram. So Lauren Salon, that's where you'll find me everywhere. L-A-U-R-E-N-S-A-L-A-U-N. Um, yeah, and and I've got multiple ways to work with me and my team when it comes to PR and visibility. I also do one-on-one -on -one mentorship. Um, yeah, mentorship, whether it's like life coaching, business coaching, um, but yeah, working with me in a custom one-on-one -on -one capacity. And then I've also got a women's membership um, called Club Big Queen Energy, which is much more about the confidence, expression, energy, like all that kind of stuff that we kind of started to like touch on in in the end there, like a lot of mindset um, type stuff. Um, but yeah, monthly women's membership as well. But yeah, everywhere online at Lauren Salon. And all the, the links that Lauren just mentioned will be in the show notes for anyone who wants to find her there. Um, and anything else? I know you said there's other, is there multiple tiers of the program that you offer that you wanted to talk about or? Um, I mean, my PR accelerator program right now, I'm revamping it to be, I, I, for the last two years have run it live. Um, so like it's a four month program 
Um, there are various trainings, videos, worksheets, all that kind of stuff. And I would do weekly calls, everything. Um, we are in the process of converting that to a to an evergreen program that people can do at their own pace. Um, but then there would, of course, be a way to work with me in as the as an as your PR agency. So where we would do a lot of the PR work for you, pitching you, securing opportunities for you, all of that. Very cool. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for joining us on Building Your you Wealth Muscle. You are very muscle. welcome. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us this week on Building Your Wealth Muscle. Make sure you visit our website, darbyba.com, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. While you're at it, if you found value, we'd appreciate a ratings on iTunes, or simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us as well. For more information on the topics covered, you can follow Pat on Instagram, at patdarbybiz. The download from this episode is available in the show notes. And if you want help building your wealth specifically, Pat Darby is currently taking private clients. The link to book a call is also in the show notes. Thank you again for listening and have a great day.